I am so in love with my life and with myself, not in a vain way. I love the person I became. I love myself for the work that I had done. And I love myself for not giving up and being like, no matter how hard it is, I am going to find a way. Um, and a big, big thing for me is that often people will message me or comment on my stuff like, oh, you're such an inspiration, you're fearless. The thing is, I am not different to anybody else. I am not more special than anyone else. I am just as special as everybody on this earth. I don't have a bigger brain, a better brain, a more intelligence or superpowers. I am exactly the same as all other humans here. If I can do it, so can anybody. But you, it just takes commitment. It takes, this, takes the decision that you want to do something. It takes commitment and then it takes doing the work. But Fearless and Successful Podcast is hosted by Coach D. That is me. <laughs> Designed for change makers just like you. As a coach, activator of human potential, and freedom architect, I have one mission with this podcast. To inspire you to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. I love all things mindset, money, and manifestation. So I will be sharing my favorite tips and tricks to help you activate your infinite potential by taking aligned and inspired action. You can also expect fearless stories from leaders around the world who designed life and business on their own terms. If we can do it, so can you. If you're ready, my fearless friend, let's get this party started. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, fearless people. I am so on fire because this ex-gold digger, as I know her, completely shifted her life. And she has been such an inspiration this year while I was going through my um, transition and re revolutionizing my life. And I'm super excited for you to meet Nina Shevchuk. And I am dying to know the story because I still don't know it. And I'm so, so glad that we're having this conversation. Welcome. Thank you so much. And an excellent pronunciation of my surname. <laughs> and I am so, so, so grateful and so pleased to be here. And um, like I expressed just before we started the recording, I am so, so happy that we kept following each other's journeys, even from my gold diggers, um, gold diggers times a few years ago. And I am super, super excited to be able to share my story today. Super cool. Um, so I'm going to share a bit about a little intro about Nina, and then we're going to go into the story because I'm super excited. Um, so Nina is um, the midlife revolution specialist and her experience and expertise combine over 17 years of work and study in the realm of transformation and change, leadership and management, coaching, mentoring and HR and revolutionizing lives. Life can bring a sudden twist at any minute. And Nina is the perfect example of this, of this with her fairy tale life coming crashing down on her New Year's Eve 2020. The queen of turning situations from tragic to magic, she is the expert in showing people how to get better, not bitter, to choose wisdom or wounds, to lead with love, not hatred, to take the reins and maximize any experience for all the growth and wisdom it offers, develop a bulletproof mindscape and make life great again. And People describe you as the fire that lights people up. 
I so agree with that because always when always 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 even we even we and when you were kind of off the grid when you show up you always light my soul on fire it's, it's just like I feel so inspired and it it is that um I think connection is that authenticity that we talked about and I think that you are so good at sharing your truth like inner wisdom and without you know making it perfect but just making it what it is thank you so, so much. yeah so tell me what happened <laughs> shit hit the fan <laughs> shit certainly did hit the fan um so it's interesting this is the first time I'm actually sharing this story um officially so uh so it will be interesting but, Which um, is that's just million people will hear hear yeah. his story, so no no it, stress. <laughs> it's a great story. Well, it's a great story now. It didn't feel so great on New Year's Eve, but and thanks for for mentioning that it always feel my authenticity because I genuinely don't know how to be um in any other way, and I also feel that when my shit happened on New Year's Eve, um, when I was desperate to get help, I I just found a lot of vagueness um everywhere, and I I, I was struggling. So, um, so what happened was, so um, I'm not a stranger to adversities, but on New Year's Eve, this New Year's Eve just gone 2021, 2022, just before the New Year's Eve, my, me and my husband were um, preparing for the party, his sister and, and her husband were meant to come over, and it was just meant to be a, a nice kind of, maybe a little bit boring New Year's Eve at home, but karaoke singing little bit of food some drinks um and then I was super excited because a week later we were meant to go to the Maldives for two weeks and again because of COVID that trip was moved from like 2021 or whatever 2020 so I was like pretty much packed you know ready for the new year very excited for 2022 because 2020 and 2021 were so COVID driven and being stuck at home and and obviously life was wasn't pleasant for majority of people around the world so super excited for New Year's Eve. Midnight, we toasted, happy New Year, darling. You know, this year is going to be so good. And little did I know that within 90 minutes, the life that I thought I was leaving, um, the dream life, I was, this was, I moved, initially I moved to the UK from Poland. I didn't speak a word of English. I didn't know anyone. So I had a whole kind of foreigner journey where I managed to create a life that was way beyond my wildest dreams. So I'm leaving this life on New Year's Eve. And then suddenly, 90 minutes after uh, 2022, entered the world, um, I discovered by accident that my husband was living a double life for the past four years. Um, it obviously, it was shocking to say the least, but it wasn't just that. It, it, first of all, I discovered it by accident. It's not like there was any honesty or conversation about it between us. Um, second of all, it he started leaving a double life pretty much from the minute I said yes to his proposal. Um, I could not comprehend why would you go ahead with the marriage? I could not comprehend. If he wasn't happy, didn't want to be with me, whatever, just leave. Um, and we could have gone separate ways in a civilized way like adults would do. Um, the other thing was the person, the third person, because there really was three of us in this marriage. Um, the third person was... Um, a colleague from work um, who would stay in our house and in my bedroom looking after our dogs whilst we were, for example, choosing the wedding venue. So um, 
<laughs> so there really was three of us in this marriage and in the house at times. I mean, not three of us in the house um, pretty much ever together. Um, although she would come in sometimes for bits and yeah. So that's another rather big blow. But the other thing that I think has been the most shocking um, factor for me and think that maybe made me blind to it because I was obviously questioning myself, like how the hell did I live life for four years? They not realized like, was I blind? Was I not present? Is this my fault? Like what happened? Like where, where did I go wrong? Um, but what, I think what made me not connect the dots is the fact that I wasn't looking for the dots, of course. And I wasn't looking for the dots because we went through betrayal before. So I used to be the sort of person who would be very black and white, yes or no, screw me over and we're done. I would never ever forgive a betrayal. That was my approach and attitude. And then six years into our relationship, um, I discovered that he was having an affair. So, of course, I had a choice of either walking away or trying to learn to forgive. Um, and at first of all, I obviously loved him, so I was devastated. Second of all, I thought, well, I probably, standard stupid thinking, probably could have been a better girlfriend, probably could have tried harder, whatever. And then the third thing was, actually, perhaps life is trying to teach me something here. And I've always been so against forgiveness. Maybe I should try to take the lesson. Um, so I decided to go with that. So we we had gone through therapy. It was it, it was difficult for me to forgive. It was difficult for me to learn to trust again, of course. Um, but we did it. And then I was never really that bothered about getting married or like to me, like we we were happy. We were together. It, the paper or ring was never. I have to have it. Or I have to be married. Um, so anyway, a couple of years after the, the the first betrayal, he decided to propose in front of 400 people at a work event, a big show. I was completely surprised, like genuinely did not expect it whatsoever. But anyway, it was lovely. Um, and then straight after, he started living double life. So, so to me, the biggest shock was the fact that he could have just walked away we could have gone separate ways we had so many conversations about you know if you're at any point unhappy or whatever um then let's go separate ways because for me if I love someone then I want them to be happy and for me them being happy needs to be defined by their definition of happiness not my definition of happiness so if them being happy means being with someone else or not being with me I'd rather they go away and be happy with someone else than be with me for the sake of it and he knew that. So I was convinced that we walked into this marriage with our eyes wide open, having been through therapy, having been through betrayal, knowing what we are like at our worst and what we are like at our best and being able to be, you know, honest with each other, being able to talk about anything and just just being open Um Therefore, I wasn't really looking for any dots or, or wasn't really suspicious because I thought, well, you know, he knows how I feel. I know how he feels. We can be honest with each other. And also, having seen how much pain the first time had caused to do it again and to do it for four years, uh, to me, that just sound, that just seemed so cruel that I couldn't believe that you would do that to another human being. Because with the first time, 
okay, people can make mistakes, you can be weak, you can get lost, whatever. That was also part of my reasoning for wanting to learn to forgive. I thought sometimes, you know, we're all human. We do things that don't make sense or whatever. Maybe, um, maybe it was a mistake. First time, fine. But the second time, it wasn't a freaking mistake. It wasn't a mistake. And then he said, oh, you know, this was a mistake. I'm like, a mistake? This was four years of conscious decision-making thousands and thousands and thousands of times over and over again. So this wasn't, so to me, I just, I couldn't understand the cruelty. I, it was senseless. It was senseless because we could have gone separate ways at any point. So I, I couldn't get it. And I also wasn't, A, I wasn't looking for the dots, but B, we work, we both, we, all of us work for the same company. So long hours, like we were used to this, but also he would go to see her straight after work. So by the time I finished work, he would come back home. He was home evenings, weekends and whatever, you know, he, he was very clever with what he was doing. But I think that's the, that's the thing. Like before you can lie to someone else, you have to lie to yourself. Before you can deceive someone else, you have to deceive yourself. Before you can, you know, play someone, you have to play yourself to convince yourself that what you're doing is okay. And of course, when people become the liars and the deceivers, they become good at it. So not only was I not looking at it, he was, Hollywood missed out on a bloody great actor, I'll say now. <laughs> because he was so good at it. So so that was my New Year's Eve. So I, I entered going, hey, happy New Year, 90 minutes later. Um, shit happened. Wow. And I just want to, now when I'm just thinking, you know, it, it's been a year, right? After you found out, almost a year. And you obviously did the work and you did so much to, to heal yourself and to move on. Um, and we're going to get to that. But what was the first thing, like, were you angry or were you disappointed? I know that, you know, you know now that no one, I, I don't even, you said it's senseless. No one who loves another human being would do that, like not once, but twice. And in and, and that, what was your first reaction? Were you angry or you were like, fuck you, motherfucker. I don't want to see you anymore. Like, what was the first reaction? And how did you move on afterwards? Well, my first reaction, because we actually had a physical fight over the phone for me to be able to get the evidence. And I knew I had to get the evidence because otherwise there would be, you know, there would be another part of the story where I would be made to seem crazy um, and it would be denied. Um, so my, fir my first reaction was like, I, I, I was in shock. I didn't, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to feel like. I, I I just couldn't believe it. I genuinely could not believe my eyes when I was seeing the messages. Like I genuinely could not believe it because it was so shocking that someone who you love so much, who have been through it, you know, through so much, um, and someone who knows how much they have heard you the first time. I was like, am I am I reading this? Like, what's going on? I was devastated. I was devastated. So first of all, like because we were fighting over the phone and lots of other things have happened. I was physically shaking, like unable to, to sleep, think clearly, do not like nothing. And then so the next morning, so the next morning, this is obviously in the middle of the night. He was really he was drunk, so he fell asleep. And then next morning he rocks up to the living room, says, Happy New Year, darling. I'm like, excuse me. Um, so of course, then I the sister came and picked him up, and that was the end of it. Um that was the end of us living together and everything else. Um, and I don't know whether he couldn't remember what happened, but I think it's so shocking that even no matter how drunk you are, you would remember whether it was more of a blag of, I hope this wasn't real and it was just a dream. And 
it hasn't all come out um and it certainly has all come out so I was devastated I I genuinely and sometimes I I feel like people think oh you've been through betrayal once so it's like a good foundation for the second time right you know how to deal with this it it wasn't it, it brought me to my knees I genuinely did not know how am I gonna get not just from one hour to the next from one second to the next I genuinely didn't know I couldn't eat I didn't eat for days I couldn't sleep because I just I couldn't sleep and then whenever I fell asleep because I was so tired I would dream of that nightmare so I was living the nightmare and then I was dreaming of the nightmare whenever I had like two or three hours of sleep and then five days later so on the 5th of January my mum had phoned and she phoned about 5 p.m she never calls at that time because she knows I'm at work so I knew something was wrong um and she called and her husband just came home and, and had a heart attack and passed away out of the blue. So so this is me dealing with, I didn't even tell my mom that I was getting divorced. I didn't tell her what happened on New Year's Eve. I didn't want to worry her. So I, other than my closest circle, like no one knew, she didn't know. So then I had to get myself over to Italy where she lives in 48 hours. The funerals over there are very quick. So he passed away on a Wednesday. The funeral was on a Friday. So I'm scrambling and thinking, okay, well, maybe this will help me because I'll be so focused on trying to support my mom that I won't have the headspace to think about my own shit happening. Um, so I, I remember getting to getting to the airport and I was just so numb. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know who I was. I, did, I didn't know what to focus on, like nothing. And then I got to Italy. And when I arrived, it was worse than being at home because when I arrived, my mom's house was full of our pictures the wedding like every literally my whole life was there and also I, what I didn't consider before is that I actually hadn't been to Italy for the past 12 years without my now ex-husband so of course everywhere I looked was memories and whatever and the, I think the most difficult thing out of it was that I I don't really speak Italian or very basic anyway the funeral was happening I couldn't really help with it and I'm a very hands-on person so to keep my mind busy I would have to be hands-on and I couldn't be hands-on because there was nothing for me to do and wherever there was I didn't understand so all I had to do is just be there and I found it excruciating I found it so hard to just be and not do it was I yeah it was it was a horrendous period of my life and just like being there obviously it's winter so it's sad and dark anyway and the funeral happening and just seeing the beach where we always used to spend time together I, it was yeah it, I consider it as like one of the the, the first few weeks have, had been horrendous I just want to pinpoint what you said I found it excruciating to just be and I know because we we had a conversations around um, solitude and how you heal, and I want to know that um, because I had that same experience because I was so busy in my business that sometimes I would be completely emotionally numb of what was going on because I kept myself busy in my marriage and. Throughout this, after my separation, after uh, after I left, I found myself in this uh, healing process of just being, being with myself and exploring emotions was both painful <laughs> and so liberating because I never managed or dealt with my emotions. It was just like, what is this? Like even the loss, even the grief, the grief came not because of him, but the grief 
was more so this is the new identity that I am transitioning into and I'm mourning on on the past identity it was so so hard leaving everything behind like four decades of life like just like oh saying goodbye to that person was so painful but also so liberating I knew that I need to let go so I want to know like and, and being that was just like being in the sack that was not trying to avoid the pain not trying to I'm gonna escape because that was escape mechanism going to work and really like working yourself <laughs> um that was my my previous mechanism but now just like hey I'm gonna take a break I'm gonna be with myself that was so painful was that something that you that you experienced too yeah, 100%. So uh, so it was very, so initially I didn't really understand why I felt as bad just being. Um, and, and initially I put it down to the fact that I couldn't help anything, couldn't really help my mum in Italy. And I couldn't help myself because my shit was in the UK and I wasn't there um, for the week. So that was that was the, the the kind of pain where I didn't know where I was, what, what I was doing. I mean, I filed for divorce, obviously, on the 1st of January immediately. Um, but other than the legal side of it, like this was over 12 years of my life, right? So, and my work, my professional life and my personal life had been so connected. So I was in complete chaos. I didn't know how to be. And I think what I realized, so now I love solitude. I love it. It's been a huge part of the process and it's been immensely helpful. But what I've learned through that is actually that my, so my, so this is, I called it like Nina volume three, because the first volume was Nina living in, in Poland and my attitudes and who I was as an identity is a million miles apart from who I am now and and a lot of it I was very yeah black and white yes or no right or wrong like and zero intuition like zero like I didn't even know if I had intuition I was so following a cookie cutter and so looking for someone or something to tell me what to do like to make sure that I am doing the best that I can do whatever and then, so Nina volume two was the Nina who arrived to the UK and suddenly like my mind got opened up massively to so many things and I'm so grateful for it. Um, and I really had to work on self-awareness. So I had zero self-awareness when I was in Poland. So then I worked on self-awareness and I became very good at it. I became very self-aware, but what I've learned at Nina volume three and the solitude and being forced to it to start with is that my self-awareness was focused on the awareness of the self on everyone and everything around, but not the awareness of the self on the self. So this is this was my discovery through the process that actually I was so aware of my influence and impact and how to make sure that I do the best for the environment and the people and everyone around me. I was absolutely clueless of the impact that I had on myself. So I had I had zero awareness of the thoughts that I was having, how that was influencing me, the emotions that I was living by, like the identity I was creating for myself. So so it's almost like I've gone from zero awareness to self-awareness for the external world to now finally getting the self-awareness on the self and the external world and kind of having it all rounded up. I'm just like that's why we vibe like uh, so good because 
the identity that you just shared is like so similar to mine. I moved from Slovenia to Sweden and it's like such a similar story. Um, and being like really this person, when I moved here, it was my ex-husband. One thing that I really learned from him and I, I so appreciate that was that he was always telling me, you always take care of other people first. Like that was like being aware of who who needs help instead of like, what do I need? For me, it was like, he, he always pointed that out. And it was always not because he didn't want me to help other people. He, motherfucker, he wanted me to focus just on him. Like we had a very <laughs> codependent relationship. And even though I was helping him and I was supporting him, I was also spending my energy on other people because that was just like my, my go-to. And um, I learned that after being being alone it is like that was so healing to me to just fill my cup and to be self-full not even self but self-full like filling my cup and then I can go and even though we did massive impact and we do influence people with this oh being aware of what everyone else need but now when you're like in the space of of filling your own cup you can do it with so much more energy and so much more integrity. And it's just like, oh, I, I could do this like all day long. You're not drained by it. You just love, love, love doing it because it's so purposeful and so meaningful. Not from a base of a need, but more so I want to do this. I want to help people. Um, and I know that this is your mission now to to really help people from that place of I went through this radical shift and radical uh, honesty and radical um, self-acceptance, I think, as well. And you are now ready to really like, I, I, I want to help people to, to go through this without such a painful journey. That was mine as well. So what is the, the next thing that you are putting in the world? What is exciting for you after this like revelation or revolution and resolution? <laughs> well, I think the most exciting thing for me is that when things happen, people tell me, you know, it's going to take you two or three years to move on, get over and so on. Because that's what that's the psychological average, right? That is like you get one year. You need one year to get over every five to seven years of relationship. When I heard that, I was freaking devastated and I didn't know how I'm going to do it. But I was like, no freaking way that I am investing another two or three years of my life, my time, my emotions, my feelings. And like, there was no way. And I had no idea how I'm going to do it. Because like I said, when I was looking for help online, it was like, oh, sleep well. Who can't freaking sleep? Eat well you don't feel hungry, you can't eat, it wasn't helpful. I mean, people were trying to be helpful, obviously, but it just wasn't working. But I was determined that I am not going to invest another two or three years of my life in, in this, because ultimately, like we, you know, we have got this experience on this planet. And do I really want to spend another two or three years on something that is now no longer in existence? It's in the past, I can't fix it, no matter what I, I try, I can't get it back, I can't fix it, I can't, yeah. So, um, so I was determined that it's gonna not gonna take that long. And then ironically, um, I because I obviously wanted to create something completely different and not just be writing a new chapter, I wanted to write a new book on my life on the 1st of June. So six months later, I packed my whole life into one suitcase. So I sold, gave away, donated everything 
Um, but one suitcase took my two Dalmatians, one way ticket to Canada, and basically became a Cuella de Ville on the run because my ex-husband didn't know I was taking the dogs. <laughs> Oops. Um, so six months later, I moved to Canada. I was already in a great space. I was so proud of myself and how I how I've gone through the process. And it could have probably been perceived as oh, she's running away, but. The thing is, for me, unless you do the work, internal work, you can be on a freaking moon and you still will be miserable. So it didn't matter whether I was in the UK or in Canada. And I was in the UK and I was in our house and I was still doing the, the, you know, still working for the same company for the first six months after everything happened. So it's not like, oh, shit happened on New Year's Eve and on January the 2nd, I packed up and changed completely. I took six months of hard, daily, relentless work. Doesn't matter like how many dark nights of the soul, how many days where I felt like I wasn't making progress, how much frustration, I wasn't going to give up. I was going to do the work no matter whether I saw results or not. So six months later, I, I moved, moved. I lived the Airbnb lifestyle now. Um, so I basically live wherever my passport is. But my, one of my friends then mentioned the wedding to me at some point. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I was married. I had a, I had a husband. I had a wedding. Like, it caught me by surprise because I did so much work and was already in such a good space within a short few months that I was actually surprised that I was married before. Like I was already a different person. I was already living a different life. And my main aim for the process of healing was to be able to move on with wisdom, not wounds. I didn't want the past to determine my future. I didn't want it to influence my future and I didn't want it to be part of my future. I wanted... My, my biggest thing was to be able to look back on the past with no emotions. I didn't want it to ever come back to me. So I wanted to do the work and do it diligently because I didn't want it to come back at some point later when, you know, you bury emotions and you bury things and then it always comes back to bite you back in the ass. I didn't want that. So I wanted to do the work, but I wanted to be able to look at the past with no emotions. And not only did I achieve this, I look at the past with gratitude and I actually look at everyone involved, even him and the other person with compassion and empathy. I have no, I have no negative feelings about it. And in actual fact, I feel grateful for everything that, you know, everything I've gone through because as much as the pain and the hurt was way beyond anything that I could have ever imagined, I did not think that emotional pain can hurt that much, especially because I also thought I'd been through betrayal before, so surely it's not going to be as bad um but it was but as much as the pain was worse than what I could have imagined the happiness that came after was also way higher than I could have ever thought it's possible so now I'm literally most days I'm like I actually have to pitch myself like this is my life I feel great and and I create you know new create a new personality new life and and the past is not haunting me it's not dragging behind me I don't look at look at it with sadness or anything so so my big thing is to show people and be the example of truth is that A, your past does not need to influence you right now in the future. B, you don't need to suffer for months, let alone years. Um, and we, you know, and and it is sometimes difficult because I feel that when people hear, oh, it's taking you, you know, like the statistic that I was given is going to take you two or three years. If you accept it, that's what's going to take you. If that's what you want, that's what's going to take you. But if you if you decide, you know, and you have to make that decision and take responsibility for it, that actually this is not worth my emotions, my time, my life, and, and so on, then you can definitely do it much quicker. And is the work easy? It is not. I mean, it's it's simple, but it's not easy. That's for sure. But is it worth it? Hell yes. 
because look at me now it hasn't even been a year and I'm literally on top of the world living completely different life and every time someone mentions anything from the past to me my past feels like a movie that I once watched that's it I have no I have no feelings, no good, no bad. It's, it's why would I want to rewatch it? I've already seen it. It's like reading a book. I put, you know, put it on the shelf. If I ever want to read it again, I know it's there. But ultimately, I already know the ending. So why would I want to read this when I can read something new? Um. So, so that's my mission. My mission is to help people to revolutionize their lives, and not. Um. I don't think you always have to be uh, driven by adversity. Like obviously, my personal revolution this time was driven by adversity. But my first revolution of moving from Poland to the UK was driven by wanting to create a better and different life. So I know how to do revolutions and how to do transformations uh, based on whatever point of entry, whether that is adversity or desire to create something different. But I think the power of the mind and the and the power of the you know of of us as humans is is infinite and we get brainwashed and hypnotized into believing that we need that i hate the word should it's so freaking judgy <laughs> you should be this you should be doing that you should be here you should be well how about i just don't use this word right because like there is no shoots to me to me like we have got everything we need within and and sometimes yes shit happens in life but that shit should not define you as a person. And that shit should not make you feel like a victim because the minute you start thinking of yourself like a victim, you become a victim. And then you live the victim life. And then you're given the power away to someone or something from the past. Like, why would you want to do that? So yeah, so my mission is to basically help people to get better, not better, to move on with wisdom and not wounds and to create lives that are, you know, that are great and, and that you, you love and you are in love with. I mean, I am so in love with my life and with myself, not in a vain way. I love the person I became. I love myself for the work that I had done. And I love myself for not giving up and being like, no matter how hard it is, I am going to find a way. Um, and a big, big thing for me is that often people will message me or comment on my stuff like, oh, you're such an inspiration. You're fearless. The thing is, I am not different to anybody else. I am not more special than anyone else. I am just as special as everybody on this earth. I don't have a bigger brain, a better brain, a more intelligence or superpowers. I am exactly the same as all other humans here. If I can do it, so can anybody. But you, it just takes commitment. It takes this takes the decision that you want to do something. It takes commitment, and then it takes doing the work. But like I said, the work does not need to take years um, or even months. So I'm I'm definitely very passionate about ensuring that people know that actually you are in charge of your life, hundred percent. You are in charge of creating the reality that you have got that you know that you are living. And and I also feel that. Often we hold ourselves back, but actually we live in such privileged countries. We live in countries and parts of the world that have got more opportunities than ever before. There are more possibilities. You have got the world at, at your fingertips. Like we have got more freedom than we have ever had. Like people had to fight for it, die for it, whatever. For me, not to utilize that would be disrespectful to everyone who had to fight for years ago. And for me, not to utilize the opportunity that I have been given to experience this life on earth. And bearing in mind, there's like, I think one in 400 trillion chance of you being here. Mm -hmm. Like purely, like if I can't even give it a go to make the most of it, like what a waste would that be? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh, I have this, uh, I always kid with, with my uh, best friend and I always say like the YOLO, this is the, you only live once she's like that's so like 
millennial. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, like, you know, we are so obsessed with tags and this is my life and tomorrow is not granted. I might live it like, and there's a party every day and it doesn't matter. It's really the decision, decision to make the best of it. And you said it's so right. And for people who are just listening and say like, yeah, maybe, you know, you did the work, you had the support, whatever that is. Um, I'm just being so miserable with everything. I'm in my suck. Um, what would be the next step for them? Like how you can, how can they connect with you and how you, you can give them the support that they may, might need? I would say don't be afraid to seek professional help and it doesn't have to be me in any way shape or form I feel like everyone needs to find a person that's right for them and I'm I you know I, I know that I won't be for everyone um and as long as you, you find your crew so I think it's easy to say you will have the support of your friends and family and I think that is really important but it's different crying on your mom's shoulder or crying over a cup of coffee to a friend versus working with someone who deals with whatever you're going through day in day out so what I did is at the start my ego was like you're not going through therapy again no 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 because you've been through therapy years and years and look what happened you did the work you weren't the problem you're not doing that again it felt like a chore but within a couple of weeks I thought well no no no, that's a stupid attitude because if there is someone in the world that can help me get through this quicker I need to find them and then I remembered of um, a, a lady from the US that I work with. Well, I, I didn't work with her. I used like her online course during the first betrayal. So I reached out to her and then I found someone. I, if someone told me I'd be going to breeding classes years ago, a year ago, I would laugh in the face. I started breeding classes. I still do them and I love them. And I'm happy to share all those people's details. But my big thing is that if you are in that sort of hole, don't stay in that hole on your own. There are people, and the reason I also want to share it is because I was in that hole on my bloody own. And when you are in that period, it literally feels like you were in the middle of a burning hell and all you want, you just literally want someone to grab your hand and pull you out or at least point in a sign of, point in the direction of the exit sign. But none of that is coming because you and only you can go through this, but you can get through it much quicker and much better with the support of the right people so I would say don't be afraid when you are in the middle of that burning hell and it feels horrendous when you are sitting in the pain it is horrendous it sounds horrendous and it really is but don't sit don't sit with it thinking that you're on your own because there is also like I mean infidelity and this is like just the one example you know relationships and adversities happen in various different ways but that's one of the biggest causes of, of relationship breakups and divorces, right? So there are millions of people going through the same experience right now as we're speaking about it. But it's not being talked about. It's not being shared. It's not the feelings of sitting in hell and feeling like you literally will not be able to go on for another second. It's not talked about enough. So that's why I also want to share because not only like I want people to know that I know how it feels, but I want people to see that look at a few months later I'm like happy so happy is insane so you can like you've got this but don't sit on your own I'll say find find your tribe of you know your support of immediate immediate circle as well as professionals if you can yeah beautiful beautiful um and you have you have a gift or two gifts for for our listeners so please share like what is the stuff that you have for them and where can they connect connect with you 
Of course. So, of course, my life is plastered all over social media. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook and um, and LinkedIn. And all of the links will be shared under the podcast. But it's just Nina underscore the Midlife Revolution um, on Instagram and just Nina Sheftak on Facebook and the same on LinkedIn. And I have got two gifts. So one of them is actually a webinar and, and a workbook that comes with it that tells you the steps to take, the steps that I have also used to heal your heart fast and to move on from heartbreak with wisdom and not wounds because I don't believe we need to suffer so much especially for you know situations or people that are not worthy of it um and the second one is the midlife revolution ebook which also helps you to basically take the reins of your life stop living the cookie cutter life um wake up and and create the life that you dream of and desire and deserve and deserve you guys, you heard Nina. So everything is going to be on the in the show notes. So, you know, this is a time when you feel like, yeah, I, I, this girl is on fire. She really went from pain to to living her best life. I want this too. So click all the links, sign up, follow her, connect with her. She's super amazing. You're gonna love her. She's so inspirational. I love following her journey because she's so authentic and transparent. Um, and you're gonna love her too. Um, Nina, final words, like what, where do you want to, to close this conversation? I think my final words are, first of all, thank you so much for having me and being able to share my story. And I think there's also so many synchronicities between our stories, that's why we connect so well. But thank you for this. Second of all, this January, make a new re New Year revolution rather than New Year resolution, right? Because New Year resolutions are a bloody waste of time. Most of them never happen, but you can make a revolution. And whether that's um, part of your life or your whole life, I'm perfectly aware that you know not everyone will want to pack the whole life into one suitcase and sort off to the other side of the world. Um, but we all choose our level of adventure. And that level of adventure that you choose is available to you and is available right now. So... Yeah, don't hesitate. I think go for it. Because this January, make a new year revolution, you guys. You heard her. And um, yeah, I can't wait to everything that you created. Like I'm super, super inspired. And yeah, let's make fucking revolution. Um, so super awesome. Thank you so much, Nina. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Have fun. And don't forget to be awesome, guys. Ciao. <laughs> Thank you so, 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 so much, you beautiful soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know you could be doing a gazillion other things, and I don't take this lightly. I really, truly, deeply appreciate your time and your support. And if you love this episode, please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave us a review at reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. Let me say this again, reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. You can leave a review on any device, which makes this super easy and sexy and really helps me to reach more people just like you. And with that being said, I'm sending you a daily dose of vitamin D. I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. Until next time, fearless dreamer. Mwah.